You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Rodgers in trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Pressure, pass is picked off, and who is it? Big B.J. Raji for the touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax That She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And this week, we're going to be doing a little rookie minicamp breakdown. Not that we were there as much as we would have loved to be um, looking at maybe some rookies that we think have the best chance to latch on to their respective position groups. We kind of know what the roster looks like at this point. They did have the undrafted free agents come try out a couple rookie tryouts. Uh, but the roster, I believe, is at, what, 89 or 90 at this point? It's pretty close yeah, to full or so. So, yeah, let's just dive right into it, Perry. What were some of the the sights and sounds um, that you saw on social media this week about rookie minicamp? Well, it sounds like both of the Packers' first-round picks look the part. Yeah. Um, I think a caveat with rookie minicamp, right, is that it's the very first time they're ever in this in the stadium um, or on the field with the coaches, with the team, they're not in pads, they're in shorts. So you take everything, I think with a little bit of a grain of salt, but you love to hear that the first round picks look like first round picks. You love to hear that Devonta A. Wyatt is a ginormous athletic freak of a human and same with Quay Walker. Um, And just like the way they move and the way they carry themselves look like first round picks. So I'd love to hear that. Um, also love to hear that the wide receivers also look great. I think the one thing that Andy Herman noted was that there was like some drops, but I also imagine there's some jitters, right? Again, it's your first time out there, um, with Matt LaFleur and with, with all the coaches, but, um, the talent between the three new rookie wide receivers, um, looks really promising. And it sounds like they're all like quite different as well. Just like bringing something a little bit different to the table. So, I'm looking forward to seeing them when we're up at training camp for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean, every year it feels like there's a position to watch and this year it feels like it'll be wide receiver. There's always something uh, really intriguing. And I don't remember if you do, please chime in what Eric Stokes looked like at rookie mini camp, but I, I will agree with you that, you know, it's always different when the, the vets come in. I know Eric Stokes struggled when he was going up against like Devonte Adams as anybody would, but it does sound like Koi Walker, especially I think has been just a, a really impressive presence in the middle of the defense, which is 
is a lot of fun. And it sounds like he also had some batted balls, which we know is something that the middle of the defense will be able to use. So yeah. I remember hearing, I remember hearing that Stokes was like, he was the one that I remember everyone being actually kind of not worried. Isn't the right word, but um, iffy, I guess on, Mm -hmm. especially in, in training camp, like he definitely struggled a little bit in training camp. Like you said, going up against Devonta Adams, anybody is going to struggle. Um, but then for some reason, all mini camp OTAs training camp clicked when, when he got on on the field and that's really all that matters. So that's another reason why I look at stuff like this and I'm like, well, it's basically just a glorified practice. Yeah, I mean, I think training camp gives you a really good insight into maybe, you know, the the preparedness of some of these guys. But until we see them even, you know, in the preseason, and a lot of this is trial by fire. Eric Stokes was one of those guys that a lot of people were kind of iffy on as a first rounder just because they thought there would be a developmental window. And obviously we know that he didn't have that. He didn't have that luxury and he had to jump right in and performed really well. So I think that, you know, with any of these rookies, there there will be growing pains. But you know, it sounds like at least the really early indicators are that there's a lot to also be impressed about. Yeah, I love to hear that. I think it's really fun hearing that Quay Walker um, just looks like someone who could start right away. And and I think that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be an every down guy by any means. But, um, you know, you have Devondre Campbell as that person. But I do like to hear that, the, you know, the Packers spent – their premium picks, the first three picks, to be quite honest with you, on three players that are going to be out there for yeah. uh, a good amount of snaps. And they actually really picked guys in major areas of need. And that doesn't mean that, that you know, they went against all of their historic, you know, draft. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like they went against their norm or went yeah. against the grain of the things that they know that work well, but it just means that things just really aligned well. I was going to say that's that's the perfect word, aligned. Sometimes your needs do align with the best player available, and that's why I think the Packers didn't reach for Christian Watson at number twenty-two or twenty-eight. There was there was always a player that they felt was the best value at the position, and. Luckily for the team, the positions that they valued really highly were the ones that they were able to snag at those respective spots. So maybe what we can do is just kind of go through, you know, offensively and defensively, position by position, and just look yeah. at maybe where some of these undrafted free agents and, and, you know, draft picks, not all of them will be locks to make the team, but, you know, where we can maybe see the biggest rookie impact, because there are a lot of holes that will need to be filled by this, this young group. Definitely. I think the only last thing I'd say about rookie minicamp, because I loved hearing about Rich Bisaccia, yep. was just hearing about some of the new drills that he was bringing to camp and kind of the energy and what he's asking of the players to do when it comes to special teams. So um, I'm definitely, I think, going to be following that a little bit more. I know that special teams isn't like the most exciting, but we do have a new coordinator again. And I think it'll be really fun to see what he's able to bring out of these guys. And these rookies are likely the ones that he's going to be looking towards to, you know, pull their weight when it comes to special teams. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, those fifth, sixth round selections, I know the Packers didn't have a sixth rounder this year, but those picks Goody kind of just could have, you know, pushed the chips towards Rich's desk. And I'm like, okay, who, who is somebody that you really covet that we can bring in and help you build your room? Because we know he has Nixon, but 
there is a lot that needs to be, you know, kind of reworked. And I guess Mason Crosby is probably the only position. Pat O'Donnell, maybe, since they brought him in, he'd probably be a roster lock. But there's a lot of, you know, open roster spots towards that bottom half of the depth chart where these guys will be making their living initially playing special teams before they get a chance on offense or defense. Absolutely. So where do you want to start on offense? Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's just dive right in with wide receivers and tight ends, because I know you said pre-show that you were having a really interesting discussion with your dad about this. Yeah. So the, the, I almost just said the Mets, um, <laughs> I'm looking at behind me. Um, the Packers have right now 12 wide receivers and seven tight ends currently on their 90 man roster, which is insane. Um, They've rostered, I think, either five or six wide receivers over the last couple of years. And I think there's actually a possibility this year that they roster seven. Because when you look at the players that they have, including their rookies, um, that's that's where it comes down to. Now, obviously, it could be that one of the rookies is on the practice squad and not on the 53. Um I think more than likely that'll happen with some of these tight ends that are not going to make the roster, but they've also brought in a bunch of wide receivers that, you know, you know, are going to be practice squad guys that are just camp bodies, but those are really high numbers for the Packers. That's not, that feels very out of the norm for them to at least have so many wide receivers you could see potentially making the roster. Um, so I don't know where, I mean, obviously it's going to, look we're gonna have to look at how they look in camp and things like that but in my head right like Lazard Cobb Amari Rogers Christian Watson those are your locks to make the team now I imagine Sammy Watkins is as well if they brought him in but this could be a Devin Funches situation where it just doesn't end up happening and then you have Samori Toure and Romeo Dubs as the seven that I could see but I don't know. Something about them keeping seven on the 53 feels crazy to me. Yeah. Cause because you think about like, where would they compromise? It's never the offensive line. We always think like, are they going to carry, you know, eight, nine, 10, they always seem to, you know, beef up that position because, and you know, with good reason last season, we saw quite a bit of turnover there. So it was good that they had the depth that they did, but I agree with you. I think the wide receiver position is, is a big question mark. And it might have been Jacob Westendorf. I can't remember who said this on Twitter, but I've seen a lot of people talking about Malik Taylor and his special teams prowess and him kind of being in that conversation. And my favorite rebuttal to that has been they were the worst special teams unit in the league. So even if you're taking like Oren Burks, who I know is with the 49ers now, Ty Summers, a lot of your core teamers, you know, uh, what does it really mean if you're a core teamer on the league's worst unit? So yeah, also, I mean, you got, you just got, three rookies who can, who, you know, can kick and punt return instead of him. So, and who will likely contribute to the offense in a way that he might not. So I I don't know if his spot is a lock simply because he historically has played special teams. Yeah. Especially when you think about the fact that part of the reason he was out there is because he was the last option, which, you know, credit to him for being able to do it, but that doesn't necessarily secure you a spot in the future. But I agree with you. I think seven is just really tough. And I want to say Amari Rogers is, is a roster lock at this point, unless the Packers are just that convinced that they don't like what they saw out of him, his rookie year, but he didn't really have any time to see the field. And especially with him kind of playing a similar role to Randall Cobb. 
And, you know, we know Cobb is, is Roger's boy. So I, I still feel like six, maybe seven, but then where do you compromise? Like we said, we're, we're looking at the running back room and you and I had already thought going into the draft that running back wouldn't be a position the Packers would take. There are a couple of undrafted options that came in for camp, uh, but this will be practice squad guys though, probably. Right. And with tight end, they carried, was it five for some of last season, but we thought maybe a tight end would be a draft pick so they could learn behind guys like Robert Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. And then that didn't happen. Um, I know the Packers are kind of high on um, Tyler Davis. They like him quite a bit. Alizé Mack, they brought in, you know, before the draft, who's been with the team for a little bit now um, in the building. So I don't know. I think, I think tight end, it might even be a trickier conversation than wide receiver. I agree. Um, and I think it, it, so contingent upon Tunyon's rehab mm-hmm. timeline and when he's coming back um, and kind of, I think also you have to go from offensive line backwards in a way, like, you know, that they're going to roster the most offensive linemen of all of these position groups that we're talking about on offense. And they usually what have like 10 come into camp at least. So you kind of have to work backwards, I think from there and then see what's, left over and the other question is do you roster only three running backs when is kylan hill coming back do you keep all four with patrick taylor so these last couple of spots later down in the offseason are going to be really contentious like the packers are going to have to make some really tough decisions and you see how important the tight end position back to your question is for the Matt LaFleur offense. So you like to think that they keep four or five, but that of course takes away a spot from another position group. Yeah. And I mean, Sammy Watkins, you know, maybe like we said is could be the wide receiver on the bubble, but there are arguably seven receivers who could be quote unquote roster locks at this point. So, you know, hopefully knock on wood, it's not the case where an injury sorts these things out, but we have seen in training camp that those kind of decisions are made, unfortunately at positions like Juwan Winfrey, everybody thought last training camp that he was going to be a roster lock at the wide receiver position based on how good he looked. And then he got hurt. So hoping that of course it doesn't happen, but I do think that's why you bring in so much depth in these positions because you just honestly never know. And if you're able to stash some of these guys on a practice squad, you would of course prefer that it's a guy like Samori Toure than Sammy Watkins. So there's some guys who are going to slip through a little bit easier when it comes to things like clearing waivers, but should we shift to the offensive line? Cause I think that is a, that's a honestly every year that could be the position battle to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Give me your, give me your thoughts on the big boys. Yeah. So it's tough. I mean, I like the additions that they made. I think all three players have a shot to make the roster. Sean Ryan. I really like Zach Tom. I think that he's really versatile. Uh, Rashid Walker, obviously being that last group, Um, But I think that there's going to be a lot of competition for the tackle spots. And I think that what they did was they brought in, I hate to keep using the same kind of phrase, but like the Lucas Patrick kind of guys where they can play position versatile. JC Treader was another example of that when he was here. Don't you love how Lucas like has become this? Mm -hmm. He's got like his own mold. Don Barclay was another example where he could just kind of like do it all. But I think what the Packers did, I really liked the Zach Tom signing, I think especially because Josh Myers was the only true center on the roster. Jake Hansen played it, but they were kind of using him more at guard. And 
I just, I don't know. Who do you think starts the season at right tackle? I know we haven't seen any preseason or training camp yet, but is it a draft pick or is it Yash? It's got to be Yash, I think. You think? Yeah. I mean, again, it, I, I think it totally depends on camp and obviously whoever it is, is a temporary stopgap because it's going to be Elton when he comes back. But again, that could be like a, a draft pick. I mean, who would have thought that Royce Newman would start last year? You know what yeah. I mean? At a guard's position. So one of these draft picks could come in and, and just wow them. Um, I will say, I, I think the one thing that I always take into consideration when I'm looking at this is that the Packers always keep their draft picks, whether it's yeah. on the practice squad or it's on the, the roster. So if there's going to be cut like camp cut downs of any sort, they're not going to be rookies. Um, so you can kind of look at all the rookies as locks to be on at least like the 90 man, right. Or yeah. the 60, the 69 man. <laughs> right. I think too, like it's really interesting when you look at the Packers roster page on their website it's kind of indicative of how they view those players. So, you know, like Royce Newman is listed as a tackle slash guard. Sean Ryan is a tackle slash guard. Rashid Walker is only listed at tackle. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because he hasn't signed his contract yet. I think he just did. And maybe they haven't updated the Ross, this page yet, but Zach Tom was just listed as O-line. Like it's just, (laughs) he's he can play everywhere. So I always think that that's really interesting. John Runyon Jr. only listed at guard. So I think it really shows you like where the Packers plan to utilize these players and give them competition. But, you know, maybe that doesn't mean anything because Elton Jenkins is also listed as a guard and we know that he should really just be classified as offensive line. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. I mean, they really shifted into viewing this as just like a versatile offensive lineman and we'll figure out where to plug you. Um, it almost, I think in the future, we can start looking at potential future Packers as can they play multiple positions or not? It's becoming yeah. something where it's, it's not really a question mark, except obviously like a David Bogtiari, who is just your left tackle because he's your best, le- the best left tackle in the league. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be one of those camp battles that people are going to watch really closely. It's the offensive line. Yeah, and I think I don't really think we need to go into detail as far as quarterbacks are concerned, but I do feel like if there's a spot, you know, where the Packers can salvage maybe a spot for offense or maybe that extra wide receiver, it would be to just keep Jordan Love as your backup. If if Jordan Love is for some reason traded away or injured, maybe you keep Kurt Benkert and like a third quarterback on the active roster, whether it's a vet behind Rodgers just as an insurance policy. But I, I think if Jordan Love is with the Packers there's only two quarterbacks on the roster going into the season. Definitely. Yeah. It's going to be the same as last year. I see no world where they keep anyone over Kurt Bankert. I also did hear that the rookie minicamp quarterbacks were not exactly it. Um, (laughs) But as we're recording this, so it's late and people have already seen this, but Maggie Loney did call it the Packers open the season week one at the Minnesota Vikings 425 p.m. Eastern on box. Gross. Gross. Yeah, I hate. The whole schedule is out now. All right, I guess we'll get this later. Anyway, should we switch over the defense? Yeah, let's do it. So 
I don't know. Let's just let's start with the big boys. Let's start with the defensive line because we know that Devontae Wyatt was added, Jaron Reed. It feels like, if anything, that position group got the biggest overhaul, which is something that Packers fans have been clamoring for for the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. Kenny Clark, obviously a mainstay, a lock. Dean Lowry, a lock, had his best season as a Packer. Jaron Reed, it's hard to see him going anywhere. Seems like a roster lock. Devontae Wyatt, first-round pick, lock. TJ Slayton, probably a lock. So do they have room for more than five at the line or on the line at this point? Probably not. And it makes me kind of sad because I wish a guy like Jack Heflin would get a chance to show us what he's got. But I love that we are saying how much depth there is a defensive line. Like you said, it's just been something that everyone has been clamoring for for so long. Kenny Clark has had to do so much in his six years on the Packers And now he finally has hopefully the bodies around him to give him a chance to really show the league that he can wreck people because he can wreck people. He's just like always getting double teamed and never has his chance to shine. So um, also hoping that all of the, I think not necessarily warranted um, criticisms on the Packers run defense, because it has gotten so much better since the 2019 season. But I think with this line, there's going to be no questions that the Packers run defense, especially with Campbell and Quay Walker behind them kind of shooting gaps, uh, is going to be much, much better. Yeah, I agree with you that there's, you know, Jack Heflin, I thought had a really nice preseason last year. I thought he could be one of those sneaky spots to contend for like a Tyler Lancaster job. Um, but I think the depth is just there for the first time in a, in a really long time. And it's a, it's a room that I think we can feel a little bit more confident in edge rusher, I think would be the position that maybe I was the most surprised by as far as thinking that the Packers would prioritize that early. We know that Rashawn Gary, who, uh, I put this on Twitter. It was fun to see him make one of the national posters for the Cowboys game. Finally feels like he's getting his dues as far as being, you know, a dominant player, with star power. Um, so that was fun. But Rashawn Geary and Preston Smith, obviously the starters in that room. Um, Kingsley and Igbari was the draft pick in the fifth round. I think that we talked about already the fact that he can probably come in and compete right away. But yes. the rest of that room is is really up for grabs at this point. So I think that would be a position if you're looking for a landing spot as an undrafted free agent to come check out Green Bay. Yeah, I also wonder if, you know, a some of the other guys that they've rostered and potentially on the practice squad have now finally have their opportunity to show that they can be in the, in the starting rotation, like a Jonathan Garvin or a Randy Ramsey or a Tipa. Cause this is finally the time. Cause the last couple of seasons, it's been pretty tight in there with the Smith brothers and Rashawn Gary. You're, you're not getting those opportunities, but this is the year Um, I also think there's still a world where the Packers do something with that position group before uh, the season, like a late Devondra Campbell entry type at edge or even someone like by the trade deadline. Yeah. Whitney Merciless was a name that I loved before he decided to retire, Um, you know, as, as that same kind of rotational piece, but, you know, and the new offensive or outside linebackers position coach did say in his presser, when he was introduced that he really does value having four premier edge rushers at the position. So I'm sure that'll be another battle at camp. They all will be battles obviously, but that'll be a contested one to see who can kind of fill in because for all we know, the Packers might only keep four outside linebackers on the active roster, especially with a guy like Quay Walker who is so versatile and can set the edge just like Devondre Campbell could. 
Yep. I was going to say the same thing. You now have two. I mean, this defense is completely different now because you have an inside linebacker group that can actually do multiple things and is more than just average. <laughs> Not to hate on some of the past inside linebacker groups, but it's no secret that that was a weakness for the Packers for so long. And now it's going to be a strength and they can do so many other things. And I loved watching Devondre Campbell sack the quarterback. I think he had like maybe one or two only last season, but it was fun to see him rush and just be able to use them in different ways. Okay. I don't want to completely derail this, but really quickly, I'm just curious your thoughts on this. As I'm scrolling through the roster, Josh Myers is actually listed by the team as center guard. Is there a world where somebody like Zach Tom takes over as the center and they move Josh to guard, or is that just like a cosmetic Packers website thing? So I just don't know what that would solve. Yeah. Because then you still have to figure out who's at right tackle. And I feel like the guard positions are so, there's already so much competition. already, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was fascinating. But I mean, who knows? Anything, Anything is possible. And now our offensive coordinator is an offensive line guy. So crazy things could happen. Yeah. I mean, taking a second round pick for a center turned guard would definitely be a choice, but you know what? If he hits and he is a pro bowler or all pro at the position for 10 years, it's not going to matter. Anyway, sorry, back to the defensive side of the ball inside linebackers, obviously Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell are locks. You could argue Chris, Chris Barnes is pretty close to being up there. But again, after that, Isaiah McDuffie is a, a, draft holdover from last season, late rounder, special teamer. Ty Summers, of course, has been a special teams contributor for the last couple seasons, but not much on the defensive side of the ball. Another position group that's honestly pretty relatively wide open for those depth spots. Yeah, agree. And I just can't see them keeping more than the four. So, and also doesn't it kind of depend like where they put a guy like Tariq Carpenter? Like if they list him as an inside linebacker, then I think that's your four. I would also argue that Chris Barnes is a lock. They yeah. tend they tendered him, and I can't really see a world where they don't keep him on the 53. Yeah. Tariq Carpenter, we can kind of segue right into this. He's listed as a safety. He said in his, his rookie okay. presser that he was starting as a safety, and then you know maybe they'll decide to try him elsewhere um, if he doesn't fit. But I think safety – honestly, is probably the most wide open position at this point. You've got Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Tree Carpenter, like you said, could come in as that kind of third safety spot. But then, you know, there's Innis Gaines, um, Vernon Scott, and that's about it at this point. And then a lot of undrafted free agents that have come in. McDuffie, no, he was an inside linebacker, wasn't he? Um, Isaiah McDuffie, yeah. Isaiah McDuffie, thank you. Who am I thinking? Oh, Trent McDuffie was a, was a draft pick this year. Um, my bad. Um, me wishful thinking that the Packers would take another DB in this draft. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this has been off season fodder for us for a long time. So who's going to be that third safety? I have no idea. I would love to see Vernon Scott do something. I'm always rooting for Ennis Gaines. He was kind of a camp, um, kind of like the camp lover boy of everyone watching. Like he just looked so good in camp and you kind of, and you just hear a story and you hear him talk and you want to root for him. Um, but again, just like we, we said, there is so much room for someone to prove themselves and make their way onto this roster. And also like, I hope someone does because, mm-hmm. you know, knock on wood, nothing happens. But 
if something does to Amos or Savage, the Packers are screwed. Yeah. And I mean, I think if we're talking about position groups that the Packers could add to as a late training camp ad, talking about a veteran safety might be one of those options. It was never going to be a guy like Tyron Matthew given, you know, the contract and what that would look like, but there are some floater kind of free agent safeties out there that could fill that role. And the thing I like about Tariq Carpenter as, you know, just a prospect in general is the position versatility. And I think we're seeing so much of that now where, you know, Adrian Amos played a ton dropping towards the line in the box last season. So as anytime you can have guys that are position versatile and can free up your best players to be in their best position to make plays, you have to consider that. So I think safety is like a sneaky addition that could happen before camp starts. I agree. I mean, I was shocked that they didn't take anybody in the draft. So I, I'm still on the train of they will add to this this group. I mean, hey, roster building is 365 days a year. I like Dash that. <laughs> All right. So up last, uh, saved your favorite for last, the cornerbacks, Jair will be healthy and returning. Rasul Douglas obviously re-signed. Eric Stokes. What do you see beyond that? Um, we've got Shamar John Charles. Yep. Um, special teamer galore. They didn't bring back Kevin King. Not a surprise. Um, after that, it's, I also think, kind of a question mark. Yeah. I mean, I didn't expect the Packers to take a corner in the first three rounds, but I did think that they would draft a corner at some point, just, you know, given Jair went down and thankfully they had Rasul and Eric and they had, you know, players who could fill in in, in pinches, Kevin King being one of those guys, but there is, you know, always room for depth at the position and, you know, maybe Shamar will get looks. They lost Shannon Sullivan, obviously in free agency going to the Vikings. So there mm-hmm. is a need there, especially I would argue at slot corner since they're not sure who's going to be taking the bulk of those snaps yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, they have like guys like KB and Ento and a couple other um, undrafted free agents that I doubt will, will take any kind of real snaps away. But I got to say, I feel really, really confident about the Packers first four. And I know we yeah. haven't seen a ton from Shamar, but he he is, he was, at least in college, definitely more of a slot guy. And if you're going to put a second year, you know, later round pick on the field, like that's where you're going to put him. You're going to put him in the slot. Obviously, you also have this backfield of Jair Stokes and Rasul. And if they're going to move Jair inside and keep the other two guys on the boundaries, like that's fire. I, I don't, I, I with with Amos and Savage back at safety, like that is a fire nickel package. And again, you know, you don't root for, you never, you never root for injuries, but putting injuries aside, I can't think of a better secondary in the league. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, you know, we'll end with optimism. I was going to say we should talk about special teams, but that will just bring down the mood of the show. And there's, I did check Pat O'Donnell's the only punter on the roster. There's three kickers on the roster, but again, you know, Rich Passacci had said explicitly that Mason Crosby always bounces back after a down year. And a lot of his miscues weren't necessarily his fault at that point. So I think we can expect, you know, a better season from him. 
maybe they do something at long snapper. I don't know, but I am curious to see kind of who's out there initially on kick and punt return because, you know, will, will rich Basaccia favor a guy like Amari Rogers who's done it. Maybe Kylan Hill will look at it when he's healthy, or you'll see a guy like Romeo Dobbs out there. I think we will see a rotation at first um, to see who's going to be the best at it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cool. Well, any final thoughts, sneaky sleeper prospects you're most excited about going into training camp or just kind of waiting and seeing? I'm really excited. I'm really excited to talk about real football. It was so fun to see all those videos on my timeline again. Um, I love that we're about to get the schedule, even though it's been leaking <laughs> for a couple of days now and we can plan our travel and we can think about real games and I think that if I have to pick a sleeper who's really going to produce, it's going to be Romeo. I'm just really excited about him. I think it's something about his body type that just leads me to believe like he's going to be, he's going to be a tough guy to beat. Um, But I really can't wait to see the rookies in camp with the rest of the team, like how they go up against the vets. And um, hopefully you and I will be up there in August. Yeah, I am actually obsessed with Romeo Dobbs and I want his jersey very badly. And I haven't away Jordy Nelson, so I feel like if I get, you know, another 87, it has to be a home jersey. But I agree that I think he's like the expectation is that Christian Watson will come in and perform. But I think that people will be pleasantly surprised by how much Dobbs is able to contribute in his first year. Also, Tree Carpenter, I just love. I don't know if it's his personality or that he's a versatile safety inside linebacker, which has quickly become one of my favorite positions in the NFL to watch. But yeah, a lot of exciting, you know, prospects in this class. And we'll we'll look forward to breaking it all down later. But you can follow the podcast at PWSS Podcast on Twitter or Pax What She Said on YouTube, Twitch, and Instagram. We will be back next week, of course, talking about the full schedule. Like Perry said, it's leaking everywhere already, but we'll give you our, you know, in-depth thoughts about it once we have it in front of us. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.